La, 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 wait till I give my money right. I had a dream I could buy my way to heaven. When I woke, I spent that on a necklace. I told God I'll be back in a second. Man, it's so hard not to act reckless. To whom much is given, much is tested. Get arrested, guess until he get the message. I feel the pressure under more scrutiny. And what I do, act more stupidly. Bought more jewelry, more Louis V. My mama couldn't get through to me. The drama, people suing me. I'm on TV talking like it's just you and me. I'm just saying how I feel, man. I ain't one of the Cosby's. I ain't go to hell, man. I guess the money should have changed them. I guess I should have forgot where I came from. La, 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 la. Wait till I get my money. A horrible fade out. <laughs> Sorry. Just doing this off my phone. Sorry. And welcome to another dumb podcast. This is your fun host, Brad. I am Brad C on Twitter. Well, we got an interesting um, podcast this week. Uh, I was actually doing some experimental stuff on the. Uh, on the interwebs, uh, so we're should have some fun shows kind of coming up after this. One's not a, it's not 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 fun, but it's a, it's kind of a, you know, instead of me and my my buddies messing around on the internet or something like that on a podcast, this one's a little more. Uh, I don't know, it's you got to make your own judgment on this one, but my guess is Keisha Thomas. Um, a lot of people might go, who the hell is Keisha Thomas? Well, Keisha Thomas was a, um, she was a college student in 1996, and she went to a counter-protest for the KKK. And uh, she uh, <laughs> basically, uh, we'll, we'll get, o- get into it in the uh, podcast, but uh Basically, she protected, I mean, not protect, I don't know, it's, it's defended a, probably a clan member, I don't know, it's, it sounds, you know, he had a, he had a Confederate flag t-shirt on, he had an SS tattoo, so he was probably pretty racist, and the guys, the, this crowd wanted to just beat the Tara, I was going to probably kill him. And she got on top of him and and told him all to stop, and and he got away. And and there was this famous photo, which was on Life magazine, nineteen ninety six, was actually picture of the year. Um. So, yeah, she's a, she's a pretty important historical figure, I think, in my mind. You know, I think she did a very heroic thing, and I think there's something to say. Whereas, um, and we didn't really get into as far as what I thought about, you know, why what she did was important. I think we got on a lot of other things that she's doing now, which I think are actually pretty important. But um, I I, I want to say, I'm going to talk at the end of this. Because I'm just gonna let you just go with it, but um, listen to the podcast with uh, with Keisha, and uh, I will make my uh, conclusions after it of of the way I feel about it. But I, I don't want to taint 
anyone's um, thoughts on it, just go through the podcast and listen, and then we'll we'll see in there. I got information for Keisha. I, I told her I would, uh, you know, direct anybody to um, the projects that she's working on now in the uh, in the show notes. So they're going to be in there, and yeah. So enjoy the podcast, and hopefully it's uh, something you want to listen to. I think it is. I think it was pretty interesting. Not a lot of people know this uh, her story, so I thought it was pretty interesting. Pretty interesting what she's doing now. So uh, enjoy and have fun. Yeah, that's what it's all about, right? Uh, another dumb podcast with Keisha Thomas. There he is. Here she is. Here it is. I don't know. <laughs> well, well, again, thank you so much for coming on. I, um, uh, so again, I, I, I'm 33 years old. I came upon you years and years ago. I don't even really, I'm not really sure if it was in school, but I do remember it was just like one of these things that came up and I go, Oh wow. That's just the most, um, I don't know. I can't even think maybe just bravest thing I've ever seen anybody do and something that, it's not a really – not a lot of people talk about it. And people who don't know, you know, Keisha Thompson, mm-hmm. you went to a rally in 1996. And can you tell me exactly what you were doing there that day in 1996? Okay. So I ended up going to this rally in Ann Arbor. That's a, they were having a Klan rally. And so I went to that rally – to protest the Klan being there, to say that this is Ann Arbor. You have to understand that Ann Arbor is a lot like Berkeley. It's a very forward-thinking place. Mm-hmm. And in Ann Arbor, you have a lot of uh, you know, people that are pushing the agenda. That was back in the 90s. We were talking about progressive and, thinking, and forward-thinking things. And so the Klan in Ann Arbor wasn't something that we um, were going to just stand around and, and not voice our opinions about them being there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I'm sorry, and, but you went to a, you were part of a counter protest for there. And I, I okay, I, I did do some, a little bit of research, I mean, with, with you. You weren't there, okay. to, you weren't there to fall on top of Klansmen or anything like that. You were there to probably do something maybe bad, do you think? Or, well, absolutely. So before, the, before I went to the rally, I remember walking over there too. And I, I remember seeing a girl I went to high school with and she gave me these rocks and she's like, make sure you put some, you know, you get them good for me kind of thing. Oh, wow. And so she puts these rocks in my hand and I just remember just kind of like letting the rocks go. Okay. So, but before Mark Burner, the one that took a picture of me actually has me and my friends with bandanas around our face. Yes. I just like, saw that one. Ready to like, do it you know yeah you, but I, that's the thing when you mm-hmm. no no go ahead i'm sorry I, but that's the thing you you know you you want to be a badass and do all this other stuff but when it really comes down to it the instincts take over for what's right it was instinctual to do what was right not to you know violence for me it wasn't the instinct yeah. and then on top of that what people don't understand and you reflect years later like you look back on stuff as an adult and you're like, and you break it apart. Like, not only did I save that man's life that day, but I ended up saving all of the people that would have gone to prison. So when I see these protesters years later and they contact me, babies are born, jobs are started, love is found and lost. None of that would have happened if they were all in prison. I, I think that's one of the more beautiful things that you said was, you know, everything. I mean, it's kind of just like the butterfly effect, uh, the butterfly effect, everything that you do. 
let's say you did throw that rock that day and then you didn't go over and help that guy. I mean, you don't know what the change of events would have ever been. And many, many lives have been wrecked because of those one, those little decisions that you've made. And I think, I don't know what the course of history would have even been. Or maybe it would have been horrible. Who knows? But I, you know, so again, you were there in a counter protest and, and so someone from the crowd, so I'm kind of confused and, and, you know, just kind of getting the historical part of it. So were there actually, did you actually see Klansmen or was there a rally there? Or oh did, yeah, okay. absolutely. There okay. were Klansmen there. So what happened was uh, the Klansmen were behind a barrier because the police had put them behind a barrier to yeah, save yeah, them yeah. Okay. To, for their protection. But then what happened was that there was a, a, a man, a Klansman in the crowd he was wearing, you know, you were your ex, now we're mine. At that time, you know, the movie Malcolm X had come out. And he's got his rebel and, you know, yep. confederates all over and whatnot. And the woman on the bullhorn, we're all kind of facing her. And she's shouting and she's protesting. She's doing this and that. And she says, oh, there's a Klansman in the crowd. Get him. Everybody turns and starts chasing him. If you look at the pictures, I'm turned. I'm chasing him, too. Oh, okay. You know, I'm kind of like the leader in that whole thing. And then all of a sudden, you hear this crack. Somebody hits him over the head with a protest sign. He falls to the ground. People start to stomp on him. And uh, that's when the whole thing happened. So there's another part to that whole protest that a lot of people don't know about as well. And I did that for a couple of reasons. Number one, I never wanted to push the agenda of violence. But at that protest, there are police officers that were giving this one black kid the business. And I went over there and I pushed the police officer. Now, the (laughs) reason I never kind of put that story first for a couple of reasons. Number one, unless you're going to save a Klansman at the same rally, you're not going to get the same grace. I could have walked away with a felony. You know what I mean? And a police officer that would have looked at my license would have never been like, oh, well, that was a protest and she was saving a guy from police brutality. They would have seen a felon who assaulted a police officer. Wow. Yeah. Now, I didn't go over there. I mean, think of think of like all of the police brutality videos that you see now where they die and everybody whips out their phone instead of everybody whips out their phone (laughs) instead of you know, doing something. So yeah. at that time, during the 90s, it was all about doing stuff. So it was never about never about the phone. So hmm. I never thought about that. Uh, I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's that's definitely something I never thought about. Um, now, so this this man was being you said everything. I bet everything was kind of more of a slow motion thing. You didn't think, well, if you you, you said you were chasing him and then the smack happened and then you just instinctively jump on him. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I felt like two angels had lifted my ah. body up and laid it down. Like, I felt very spiritual. And I still, to this day, can't explain it. But it was, you know, I'm not, I wouldn't go back and change anything. Yeah. Except I would have ducked when the mace was coming. Because the mace oh, is no joke. No. Oh, gosh. But did now was it true in in what you were saying? I mean, I, you, we we still really don't even know who this guy is. This clan. Oh no, guy. I know who he is. So, I have met his son. So you met? I know and his you, son and I kind of hung out in Michigan. Really? Okay. <laughs> wow, that's yeah. That's and then incredible. he has a daughter. Um, he died a couple of years ago. He has a daughter. Do you know what his name? And is? The are, daughter you to, has, are you allowed to disclose his name? 
No, I'm not. I won't. Okay. I won't. But okay. if you want to, I'll. No. Podcast is going to be No, boring, no, right? no. I, only what you want. But it just seems like you look for him. You're like, who is this guy? What did he turn out to be? Like, yeah, we're did friends something... on Facebook. So if you ever want to meet him, I'll definitely, you know, Facebook introduce you and then you can go from there. But, yeah. you know, I kind of want to be respectful. No, absolutely. And you that's kind of like. You know, your dad, you're known, your dad is known for getting his ass kicked and some black girl saves him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, he's cool, but I'm known, like, that every time it comes around and all the stories hit, you know, that that's still kind of, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. But so you you knew, you, okay, you knew, you actually, I, I heard that story that you, uh, you reconnected with his son and, you know, that's part of the. Well, whole- I was at a coffee house in, in Arbor and. That's back in the 90s where all of us were going to coffee houses before Starbucks, right? And so this kid walks up to me, and mind you, I'm a kid too, and he says, hey, I want to say thanks. I said, thanks for what? He said, that was my dad. Hmm. So those are the most important, like, um, you know, those are kind of like some pretty cool historical things. Well, for sure. Like, I, I mean, I guess it's a small world, but of it, that just, for him to just go, you know what? I think that's the lady who, like, protected my dad from being killed <laughs> like <laughs> i mean at the time you got to understand i was on every major news outbreak i mean it was running the paper oh i'd always said that i was gonna happen for a new york minute i was flying all over the country like it was pretty i mean you know it was, it was like you gotta understand back in the day the the stories made national news a little bit longer so it wasn't like um you know it's like now a story hits and it's gone within a couple of days because there's another story right back already, after it. So in right, those yeah. 90s, you got to remember the stories that we had were John Benet Ramsey. Okay. You know, baby Jessica that fell in a well. You know, so <laughs> yeah. it was just a, a different time. Well, uh, yeah, that is true. <laughs> well, I, I was about to say, you're. Uh, I, I've been doing this podcast for not very long, but I've had some fairly large people but you are one of the first people that I've had on the podcast that's been on Oprah. So, <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> so, <laughs> that was But you know, I bet you know, Vice did a pretty good write up about me too. And actually, um he was a friend of mine I went to school with, but I'll have to link you on that Vice. Yeah. Um I try to I try you know, so, you, you try to get as many stories as you can to kind of re- kind of refresh your manner. I mean, I again, I've I've known of you for years and I've always been like, man, that's just the most you know, just insane thing that's ever happened, but also just such, just such a selfless thing, but then you know, I'm come upon more things uh, that you you kind of look on. And you're like, wow, I didn't even see that story. <laughs> yeah. So as we right now, we're in a pretty tough area, and I know that you know I don't know how long the podcast is, and I'm not going to talk too long. No, no, no. But there's a lot of things <laughs> that I've done for social justice and for you know equality and things like that. And if I could, let's touch on what's going on now. Besides. You know, we have the whole Black Lives Matter movement. We have a lot of Confederate flags that are coming down. We have a lot of police brutalities that are being answered to. Um, There's a lot of social injustice that we need to balance out. For example, it's for for me, someone asked me the other day, because I was in one of those, you know, um, very interesting bubbles of people. I'll say that and leave it there. But I say, they asked me, well, what is it going to take to make this world a better place? And I said, the most important thing you do is invest in kids. So... It needs to be, there needs to be mentorship. There needs to be, it doesn't matter what your zip code is. Every kid should have access to the same amount of education. Then I said that the kids that are that are extremely violent, they need to be separated 
from the rest so that the rest of the kids can learn and yeah. then put them in an alternative education setting. We need to have teachers that understand that they have a bias. We need to understand that, number one, education is not a bucket that we feel, but a flame that we ignite. So we put too much money in the police. We put too much money in the military. We have to invest that back into our future. Even with the, it's downright injustice, the food that we feed our kids at lunch. Yeah. So those are just some of the things. Now, I also want to talk about what I have, the projects I have coming up in the future. And one of the main things I'm getting ready to do is start a farm in a tiny house community. This There's going to be a lot of people that are going to be homeless. Yeah, well, a th- lot of people. This is actually one of the things I really wanted to get onto because I found this very interesting that you're getting into this. And you, I, I'm sorry, you're in, yeah. I didn't want to cut you off, but you, are you in, uh, you're in Texas now? I'm in Texas. I'm in Houston, as a matter of fact. Wonderful. I'm, I'm out of here in Dallas-Fort Worth area. So I, I, I was like, wow, she's already she's in Texas, not in Michigan anymore. So that's even better. <laughs> right. So I travel all over. But these tiny house communities and these farms are not just going to be in Texas. We have to have them in Texas, in Michigan, in California, in Oregon. I want people to know that housing is an absolute right. So right now I just reached out to the, a, a senator and a congresswoman, their teams, because what's happening right now is that during COVID, not only are people getting evicted, but those evictions are going on people's records. And once you get eviction on your record, it's just like a felony. Mm-hmm. Then tomorrow I'm going to be calling up the mayor's office to see if these apartment complexes and banks and institutions can stop the late fees for people that can't pay or haven't paid during COVID. Yeah. Especially when someone's so telling you you can't idea, work. <laughs> and you, you right. Can't do so with the idea of the farm, And the tiny house community, the number one thing is being self-sufficient. So being able to produce your own food so that you can be self-sufficient, but your own housing. And in these houses, they will totally be able to be off-grid. I'm talking compost and toilets. I'm talking rainwater collection. I'm talking uh, solar power. So that no matter where you are, no matter what happens in life, you will always be able to take care of yourself. And that's why it's extremely important for me to be working with these veteran associations. Because if you look at HUD housing, why doesn't HUD housing work? Why is there such a you know failure as far as like um, people going into foreclosure because of HUD housing? Number one, it's probably because they're not invested. Number two, the house can't go with you. Okay, the house because we're the only species that spends 30 years to build a house. It's, it's, that is a form of slavery. Now, I'm not comparing that to the slavery that black people went through. But I get the correlation. It's, it's a yeah. form of slavery. Yeah, yeah, I get it. And so what we have to do, and it's not a black-white issue, it's a human right issue that we all should have access to housing. And alternative housing should be something that we're able to do and have without government coming in there saying, okay, this is a regulation. This is something that you have to stop. This is something that you can't do. So wow. that's yeah. why it's extremely important that we do this whole thing. So you saw that I'm doing a GoFundMe. You saw that I'm I'm working on that right now. So, well, I I saw that you um, you're now having this organization to start this sustainable yes, the Thomas Foundation. Yeah, this sustainability. I mean, I I I believe in all of that type of stuff where it's you know it doesn't again like doesn't matter who you are, what what race you are having that sustainability to be like, well, I need to make sure that HUD takes care of me. I need to make sure that the federal government, as you see right now in this moment that we're having, the federal government ain't helping you and they're not going to help you. Right. It's not about, and I tell every time I do a national disaster where it's, sorry, go ahead. Every time I do a national disaster 
where it's like Katrina or whatnot. I always tell people you cannot count on the federal government. You will be counting on your neighbors for your survival more than the government. Wow. Well, have you all, have you, has this kind of been an awakening for you as, as, as this part? I mean, or has this always just been kind of a progression as far as your mind? Well, it's always like you have to think about your, I always say let your actions equal your activism. Yeah. So my actions have, my activism has equaled my actions because of like, you know, different things that we were hitting on. So during, you know, there's times I've had to fly out to different hot spots and be a peacekeeper in Baltimore. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I mean, if you look at it, so now with the housing crisis and the great, great depression that's getting ready to happen, you've got to flip it. You've got to be prepared for not where the ball's at, but where the ball is going to be. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's interesting. I mean, I, I, I just a full disclosure, Keisha, I have like a, a little bit of a, a libertarian, uh, uh, lean, uh, lean to me. So when I hear this, I go, man, Keisha's, I am, you may not even call yourself a libertarian at all, but you're, if you, this is the type of stuff though, that, you know, I, I can't think say, Oh, hey, black folks or white folks or whoever, but just regular human beings just taking control of their lives. And I, when I saw, I'm sorry, Absolutely. I looked up. That's I, how it is. I, yeah. I, I saw you on that, on that, uh, I saw you on a tractor and I'm going, wow, she is, <laughs> you're, you're doing it, Keisha. I, 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 yeah. And I never <laughs> drove a tractor before, <laughs> but we have to learn and we have to adapt For sure. because right now, if there's a breakdown with, with COVID getting ready to expand the way it is, there's already a breakdown in transportation of food and the infrastructure. When those potato farmers are dumping millions of pounds mm. of potatoes because they don't have the infrastructure to get them to the markets and then the so what you have to do is start thinking if something happens what are you going to do how are you going to be prepared yeah that's how you have to think and it's better to overthink over prepare than to under prepare all these churches that are giving away food and that's great but what happens when that supply chain runs out yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's and it's, I've seen it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's I've I've almost heard where the uh, I guess people over, let's say in Africa or something like that, they they do some type of charity thing. They send a send a container full of things to people in Africa, and then the the containers just get ransacked, and then really nothing is accomplished at all. People just ransack. Right, nothing, because it's, it's all about, okay, yes, if I give you away free food, that's great. I feel good on the inside. Yeah. But that doesn't solve your whole long-term program. If you go to Africa and you've got a bunch of clothes, what you've done is you haven't created a business for somebody to become self-sufficient. You just, that's why yeah. the, you know Haiti is in a situation it is now because they took away their ability to be self-sufficient when they said okay well we're going to make a subsidized rice in the United States so that you know the Haitian farmer who farms rice he can't compete with the American subsidized rice coming in yeah so you can create these problems when you have a bunch of clothes that come in that are secondhand what about the people that produce clothes there so you have to think about everything that you do is not all, you have to think that it's it's the butterfly does flap its wings. Yeah, yeah. I am not a libertarian. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. The only solid thing you're going to get from me is that I am not a Trump supporter. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> I'm not pushing into that anyways. But I, this really isn't, right. I mean, I truthfully, mean, this conversation. It, show me your taxi shirt. I just wore for this <laughs> podcast right now. So. Oh, I appreciate it. Well, I mean, I, I really don't find this to be much of a political conversation. I mean, this is just. I mean, it doesn't really matter what either one of us believe in. I think we can still come together and say, 
wow that i mean what what's wrong with people taking control of their destiny and just saying yeah i'm gonna make my own food i'm gonna protect myself right. i'm gonna but think about what's yeah. wrong with it think about what's wrong with it from a from a consumer capitalist kind of country mm-hmm. one if i'm off grid and i'm not tied into electrical equipment that's more people to not have to pay the power company. If I don't need to be tapped into your water source, and one of the biggest things that we have ever fallen for, my biggest thing that the biggest scam American people and around the world have ever fallen for is the idea of bottled water. Oh, okay. That's the biggest yeah. scam that there ever was and ever will be. Yeah. And not only is it a scam where those companies are making huge amounts of money, what happens when we stop buying bottled water and start demanding that there's integrity in the water that we have coming from the faucet? Hint, hint, Flint, Michigan. I was just because about to say that. Go from being, <laughs> yeah. Right. How do we go from a country where you can go and turn the faucet and drink from it to now it's almost impossible? Why? Because there's money that's being made. Well, so I, when you don't yeah. have to do. No, I'm sorry. With I, the money, and that's the biggest thing. So I'm. I mean, I'm a huge promoter of Berkey's Life Straw huge promoter of demanding that we have water integrity water would be the next war well i think uh another thing where there's a guy who he's a he's a mma fighter and and that's the reason i knew about like the ransacking of containers uh in africa where he went into i can't remember the exact location where it is i think it is in africa but he drills uh water he drills water wells in these areas and but doesn't like just hey drill drill a well and then there you go he goes i'm going to teach you how to drill a well and exactly. i'm going to make yes that see how i'm saying like i'm going to i'm going to i was almost saying that the one of maybe the second or maybe the first uh scams was actually putting the municipality water into their control instead of like hey yeah. you know the really important thing uh, is water and we just go yeah it's probably the most important thing please give it to us government and then we right. just said oh yeah is it going to be clean yeah maybe i don't know maybe or not you know just trust us yeah just trust us just trust us so we can pay you every time for one bottle i mean if you look at a bottle of water the plastic that it produces and the amount of water people don't even drink the whole amount of water anyway but i know i will i will close with this yeah and one of the biggest things for me as an activist, it's going to touch on this. So when I was doing the working with the gun violence on uh, Houston and, and whatnot, by the time I got done, those people that were labeled that certain way were now the ones that were creating the back to school drives. Mm-hmm. So it's not my job as an activist to come up here and always do it. It's my job to teach you and give you the tools to do it. That's why this farm and tiny house community where these different areas, I've got this one kid, I can say kid, he's a grown man, but he's got a lot of talent, right? He can burn things into wood. He makes these incredible pieces of art. But if he had access to his own studio, it would be amazing to see the things that he puts out. It's not my job to go over there and save him. It's my job to help bring out the, the a place and space that he can continuously do what he needs to do. And so I think that with the farm, even with the tiny houses, we're not building their houses. I'm not, they're going to be building their own houses if they want, you know what I'm saying? They're going to be designing their own houses. They're going to be putting equity into their own things. So that's what, if you want to be a true activist, empower other people through education, just like your MMA fighter friend. Did. <laughs> oh, it's not my friend, but it's a guy I follow, but I, I, I just, I've seen things like that. And now that's, what's kind of funny is I wanted to bring your, 
old story. I'm not sorry, trying to say it's old, but it, it's it's an older <laughs> story. But you uh-huh. you continued this path and just didn't just you know go into the darkness. You just you propelled it into more things that are benefiting the community. And I think that's it's a beautiful thing, Keisha. I think what you've done in your lifetime, I think maybe we'll go underappreciated. And but I it's appreciated at least on, on this side. I think what you're doing is a great thing. So well thank you. I gotta give all blessings to the most high because I swear sure. he gives me a lot of leeway and a lot of a lot of you know comfort and, and, and just all kinds of things. So anyways let me go ahead and get off this uh podcast. I yeah. hope you enjoyed it. I certainly enjoyed it. And, plug everything uh, that you want to plug. Like if you you have a GoFundMe or a Twitter um, account. Yeah, Facebook. I got a GoFundMe. It's it's uh, KeishaThomas.org. I'm going to send you the link. Okay, I'll so put, you can it, put it up on your podcast if you will. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and so there's this company that wants to do. I got a couple things in the works. So, um, and then so I'm going to be doing this Change.org to make sure that they can't put evictions on your credit report. So I'm going to need some people to sign some petitions. I'm going to send you that way as well. Sounds good. All right, Keisha, thank you so All much right. for, for the time. All Anytime. Right. Anytime. All right. Thank Bye-bye. you so much. Bye. I should probably get in now. I don't want people to I don't want people to leave. But I, I did have some thoughts of the old of the uh, the Keisha Thomas interview that I had with her, um, I kind of was, I, I had this, um, interview today is the third of July, right? Yeah. Today is the third of July and, uh, we did the interview last night. Um, and I had a few thoughts on the Keisha Thomas interview. It was, um, a little strange, I would say, uh, just being honest with you. It was a very strange interview. I just want full disclosure on everything. Um, and I think Keisha uh, Thomas is a very sweet lady, and she, um, uh, you know, I, I, I'm full support of everything that she's doing now. I think um, being self-sufficient, doing these tiny farm, uh, tiny houses, and and farming, this is everything. That, I mean, this is what we need to do. I think a lot of the stuff that has been going on lately has opened it in people's eyes to be like, yeah, we can't. You know, we can't just rely on the government to help us and we've got to put our own destinies in our own hands and not rely on somebody to help us. Um, so, yeah, um, I find what she's doing to be admirable and I, I, I'm really glad that she came on. And I think uh, for any guests that I have, you know, you just got to have like a level of appreciation that they even took the time, even if it's 10 minutes, 30 minutes or an hour, over an hour, whatever. You're appreciative of, of them coming on. And I, I really am. But the thing that uh, it struck me about Keisha, um, uh, I don't know if she's she's much more media savvy than I am. You know, she's been doing this for years now. I mean, she was on Oprah in 1998, I think, or, or whatever. I mean, she's she's been on every media outlet you probably can can think of her story was huge in the 90s um so when i uh i reached out to her she was very uh you know very open and just like yeah i want to do this but she she wanted background information on who i was and i i understand that you know you want to make sure that you're doing an interview 
in good faith. I could have came in and was like, yeah, hey, I want you on the interview, and then totally bombarded with a bunch of crap. And that's not what I wanted to do. It's just basically you want to tell people's stories and let, you know, and that's what I wanted to do is tell her story. So uh, I don't know why that uh, song just came through. <laughs> um, yeah, I just wanted to tell Keisha's story. And uh, there was a few hoops to jump and uh i've got to send her the master uh of the interview and, I, and she was like well if there's any edits i, I want to make sure i have a master da, da, da. i'm like oh I, yeah I'm sure I, I don't even edit like any of the interviews that i do i don't edit any of those interviews if i edit anything it'd be like long pauses or something or yeah, awkward moments, but never anybody's answers, anything to manipulate anybody's uh, point of view. It's it's literally just uh, for listening ability, but that's it. And my editings for interviews are really minimal. And in the edits for like if I'm doing the Back to the Future, there's a lot of edits in that because there's dull moments and I want to get to the points in some things. But interviews, I don't edit. So I got to send her the masters, and I think that's perfectly fair. I think that's fine. Uh, so if I came out and and manipulated her words, uh, I'd probably be in big trouble. And I guess she she could sue me. I guess there are some liability issues to this. <laughs> I guess I should uh, contact a lawyer. Um, so I was fine with that. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but as you heard in the interview, and and I'm going to answer a few. Uh, Maybe if somebody has questions on it, uh, they can reach out to me. You know, another dumb pod uh, podcast at Gmail. You can, uh, I think that's what it is. I don't get a lot of emails on that one. So, yeah, another dumb podcast at Gmail. You know, just email me if you have questions and you can message me on the Anchor app um, or the Anchor website. Leave mess. I think you can leave audio messages for shit's sakes. Um, there was one point where she, you know, she, Defiantly was like, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a Trump supporter because I, I made the point that I was, I lean libertarian, and and it's weird. I wish I could say it differently. Like I lean libertarian, not the libertarian party, but I lean a lot with like liberty and people just taking self responsible, you know, uh, personal responsibility for themselves and not relying on the federal government because if you do, the federal government will always let you down, in my mind. But she made a definitive, like, I'm not a Trump supporter. And I go, well, okay, fine. And I, in my mind, I don't really find myself to be a Trump supporter at all either. Uh, I, I just kind of, I feel like more of a, like a bowls and strikes kind of guy. Like, if Trump did something good, I go, oh, it goes good for him. And then if he does something bad, I go, well, that's pretty stupid. Why did you do that? Um, so if anybody, you know, sees in that one part where, you know, she made that point, she actually broke up. She was wearing a t-shirt and uh, I couldn't really make out what uh, what it said and, and it broke up when she was talking about it. So it, sorry about that part. I can't do anything about that. That's internet. Um, so I guess I should have pushed back on that, but I really had nothing to say on it. You know, I'm not a Trump supporter. And anybody who is listening, who is a Trump supporter, um, you know, uh, I'm glad you're listening. But I don't think you came to listen to me because, you know, I'm spouting some... Uh, Trump supporting stuff or anything like that. That's not really what I'm about. So, um, yeah. Uh, and then 
the, so I got I wanted to hear her story about the Ann Arbor, and that was really really interesting to me. And if you notice, there's a part where she just takes over, and uh, normally I wouldn't allow that, <laughs> uh, but. You have to understand, Keisha's got something going on in her life, and she has, um, I wanted to call it an agenda, but she has things that she, she, she goes on to podcasts for a reason. It's to get the information about what she's doing now. She'll talk about the Ann Arbor stuff and, you know, protecting that quote unquote Klansman or whatever he was. Super racist guy. She protected some super racist guy. And I find that story interesting, and we didn't really, um, like I had thoughts on the way I wanted to go, but she really took over uh, as far as going into the self uh, the uh, tiny houses and and all that. And I just hope people kind of saw that. And I was like, well, I can't really. It's hard to steer it back when they they take the reins like that. And I guess that's that's my fault. And uh, uh, it's not really much I could have done there. I think it was, and it it's obviously, it's a quicker interview. I think it's probably less than 30 minutes, which totally fine. I, not everything's going to be an hour long. So, um, yeah, just full disclosure, everybody. I mean, if, and if you have questions on it or uh, comments, you know, tweet me or, or email me or, you know, uh, next week we're going to try to do a show on Google Meet and I'm going to have a few people, um, I'm gonna have a few people, so I'll send out a link to people, and I'll uh, I'm gonna probably let however many in. You know, it could be like two people, or it could be ten people. I'll mute your mics, and then we'll have a show, and then you can ask, ask questions. So I'll go down the line, and you know, turn your mic on, and you can ask questions. Is what I'm thinking of doing. So if you want to do that, you know, uh, I'll send you a link, and or you can email me, and I'll I'll send the link to you there. So, um, yeah, if you just have a question about the interview or any other interviews and, uh, that I have, um, I feel like I'm getting better, but I, in that instance, I can, maybe I got to talk to some people about, you know, you, if your subject takes the reins of where you want to go, you just got to kind of go with it. I mean, you can't go, well, hold on. I have a few more questions here. You know, she, t she wanted to talk about the tiny farms and I was actually very interested in the tiny farms. And I think what she's doing is great. And uh, again, I'm going to put a link at the end of this, of everything that she wants to talk, uh, you know, the things that she wanted to talk about it. I think it's just her Facebook page. You know, that's what she's trying to do. And so, um, yeah, I kind of, uh, I was, I was, <laughs> turning around in bed last night kind of thinking about it like what was I you know like any interview like even the Bob interview which went like so great I'll still critique myself and be like you know, the Shelly Luther interview I'll I'll like critique myself and just go oh, I wish I would have done this I wish I would have done that but I really can't be too hard on myself I mean obviously I'm very new at this um I feel like I'm doing fairly well and I wouldn't say that the podcast is it's gaining some attention and it's gaining, you know, some popularity. I, obviously we have a long way to go. I mean, you can't just, unless you're attached to something of a actual following, uh, an actual following, you're not going to really just start out the date and start out the gate and just start killing it. You know, it takes time and it takes word of mouth and that's all I understand on it. Um, so I'm just trying to get better at it and, uh, you know, um, Another full disclosure is 
at this moment in my life, this coronavirus stuff, um, I'm actually uh, just being honest with everybody. I'm I'm currently out of work, and uh, it's a pretty. Uh, it's been tough. <laughs> it's been very very tough. Um, I won't get into you know the financials part of it or anything like that. It's just it's been tough and. Uh, this podcast, and I think, uh, someone brought up, you know, I was, I was being like emotional when I was talking about the Bob interview and I was like, why are you, you, know, you said you're going to bring a tear. And it like, didn't really bring, it. I was being like tongue in cheek, but what it did bring me was joy. And what a lot of this does brings me joy. And through this moment that I'm going through, uh, I just truthfully, I, uh, I'm enjoying this and this is the thing, you know, I'm, I've been staying home with the kids and everything that obviously brings me joy, but it's still, uh, been a very hard time the last few weeks, uh, last month or so. So to, um, to get to do this, I think it's fun and it's, it's something that I want to do and it's enjoyable. So, and I, you know, I like doing the podcast with Jacob and Dustin and whoever else wants, you know, Jay doing the Back to the Future one was so fun. So I, I appreciate anybody that listens. And um, I don't know what we'll, what what this podcast is going to come and do. It might end after 30 episodes or we might do a thousand episodes. I don't really know what's going to happen. But I know that it brings me joy and I enjoy it. And am I good? Hmm, I don't know. I really don't know yet. And I think... I'm pretty good after this is going to be 28 episodes. I feel like I'm on pace at 28 episodes as being 28 episodes good. So <laughs> that's all I can say. Um, but I appreciate any of the support that I've gotten and said, hey, you're not horrible, Brad. I, I really greatly appreciate that. And I feel like I've told people individually, thank you. Um, and, you know, tell tell your friends about this. Tell people that you know tell you know hey if you listen to podcasts hey, this, you know i really like that bob Sturm interview i really like that grego interview i liked uh i think not a lot of people listen to that uh sam gannon interview um not a lot of people i mean a lot of people actually listen to that shelly luther episode um and if you have critiques let me know like i'm not like don't be like a jerk or anything like that but just say hey you know i think this was weird or I maybe you should try this because I'm open to anything like what are what like when you're listening to something like if I was like eating food or something as I'm podcasting I would be like well that's freaking annoying I'm gonna be like oh okay well thank you I appreciate that you know it can't be like hey dude I, I hate your face and I know it's a podcast and I can't see it but I hate it uh, can you do something about that Obviously, I can't do anything about that. <laughs> Just, you know. So, all right. Well, I think that's it. And for the future of the podcast, I just want to say um, I'm going to do it as long as I can, uh, as long as I have the time. Uh, some things will be developing. I mean, don't – I wasn't telling anybody to, like, feel sorry for me, you know, with uh, me currently being out of work. Uh, hopefully, things are going to be turning around really soon. It's just – with COVID and everything, it's everything's kind of going slower. And that's why I guess I'm a little frustrated with it. You know, whereas if, 
the uh, the coronavirus wasn't around, I would be much better off. And yes, it, coronavirus has really affected my life. It has. I can't deny that it hasn't. Um, so yeah, and you know, there's actually a way. Um, and I actually got a call from a family member. It was like, hey, you know, you should really keep doing this. Uh, she's, you know, I think you're actually really good at it. And I go, thank you. I'm glad my family, I mean, I guess if I had a family member who was like, you know that, this podcasting thing, not really for you. You're not really good at this. So <laughs> that would be very hurtful. But no, um, and they were like, you know, you could maybe do this. And I, um, in all honesty, this has always been a side project. I know that I don't have any delusions of grandeur that I can never do this full time of any sort. I just don't have, uh, um, I don't want to say I don't have the confidence, but I, I, I feel like I understand the podcast world. And if you start a podcast, it's very hard to be a podcast. I mean, I, I already know my niche is going to be, I'm a local <laughs> podcaster. Like, uh, I'm doing. I'm talking about the ticket. Sometimes I'm talking about these kind of nichey things that are central to DFW, except for like this Keisha Thomas thing. I mean, that seems to be something that's actually a national story. And I'm trying to talk about these things that I think could be relevant to anybody who's outside of the DFW area. But a lot of the stuff that I think I'm talking about are kind of DFW, Dallas Fort Worth area central, but. So I realize I've actually kind of cut myself off a little bit. So if I wanted to be a successful podcaster, I would probably need to be a little bit more wide ranging and going, yeah, I can't just talk about the ticket all the time. I guess I should ta- start a ticket podcast. And maybe I will to kind of niche that area. But um, yeah, uh, I want to say, and this is not... Um, what I really would like to do um, is for us to make enough money. If I do this to actually try and make money, I don't want to make enough money to be like, I can quit my job and, you know, and when I actually get another job, I'm going to quit my job. I want it to be, right now, we're just doing this for the love of the game. And nothing has turned out to be like work. I think, uh, last couple of weeks when I was doing the back to the future podcast that turned into work and I wasn't really a fan of that. <laughs> it was not fun. Especially I was like, uh, how many people are going to listen to this as far as how much money I'm going to make out of oh, zero. So what's the point? So, um, and I'm trying to figure out where I'm going with this, but, uh, I'm trying to say it nicely that we probably, I, I have set up a, a way for you to donate to the show. Now you can, I think there's a way on Anchor, you can give like a dollar, ooh, a dollar, or you can do these type of things to kind of contribute to the show if you wanted to do it. I know right now in this coronavirus, no one, a lot of people don't have like a bunch of money just laying around. So I'm I'm not, yeah, I'm not really uh, going to ask for anything right now. You know, I would, you know, if you want to donate to it, I, I would greatly appreciate it. Now, I'll call you out. I'll say thanks for the donation, da-da-da-da. But um, 
I think that's what we're going to, we're not looking, you know, I want it to be enough where, Hey, I can, I want Jacob to be a part of the show. And I go, Hey Jacob, I got you $50. Would you come on the show? And he would be like, yeah, sure. I'm going to use that money to go buy some whiskey. And I know that sounds funny. You're like, well, why the hell am I paying for Jacob? Cause Jacob's funny and Jacob's, you know, we have good shows together and we're, you know, it's, it's enjoyable. And Dustin, you know, I want to be able to, but I know that's a long way down the road and that sounds weird, but yeah, I'm not, I'm I'm asking for donations so we can do this on the side, not so we can do this full time. I don't have any, uh, yeah, it's just not going to happen. I understand that. I, I would run the math on that and it would have to be thousands and thousands of listeners and I just, there's no way that's going to happen and that's okay. So I just want to say, um, any support would be, would be welcomed. And I'm not, you know, if no one gives money, no, no problem. I'll just keep doing the easy shows. And, um, uh, I, I like reaching out to people to do interviews and they're easy to do. Cause you can, you know, again, I don't edit very much. I might edit the front and I might edit the back. That's it. Nothing in the middle. Uh, unless there's some weird pause or something technical happens, but that's it. Yeah, that's it. Um, so that's all I got to say on that. I, I was going to go a little longer on the back end because I think the, uh, the, the, uh, interview was actually pretty short. I mean, comparable to like other interviews that I have, which is fine. And I was able to kind of, um, talk about Keisha and then, uh, some other things that have been on my mind. So yeah, uh, follow us on the on all the interweb stuff. I, I've started that Facebook page for another dumb podcast. Um, I guess there's an Instagram, but I'm really uh, I'm trying to find a way to to put, like post clips so you can kind of listen and go. Oh, that that'd be interesting. I really want to listen to that. So I know some of this stuff is actually becoming like work, but uh, it's fun work. I mean, I, I like I want people to listen because this is like fun stuff and I feel like it'd be enjoyable to other people. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. So, uh, and I'll end with, it looks like my dog died five years ago. Very sad about that. Cause I knew it was around 4th of July, but RIP Ranger. I think he died five years ago. He's my little Yorkie. He got out of the yard and, uh, ended up dead. Yeah. So, all right, well, follow us. Uh, I am Brad C on uh, Twitter, and uh, I'm gonna post all Keisha Thomas's links. Uh, you know, look at what she's doing, and if you don't want to support her, then go do your own thing, though. You know, I think it's really cool what she's doing. She's over there farming, and I don't know, just being self-efficient. So, thank you very much. This is another dumb podcast. Bye.